This week on the reverse stick, uh, 175. Oh, John. Is it 175? Yeah. Do I have to go back and count them all again? No, you're it's fine. It's definitely 175. And greetings, welcome once again to the Reverse Stick, the global hockey podcast, the third high, third ranked hockey podcast in the world. According to the votes on the Listen.Hockey app, John. Yep. Yep. Uh, third, third place. That's fantastic news, isn't it? It is. Well, we're very happy to receive it, as I'm sure a lot of other people are to receive their third place anointment yes. in various voting polls at the moment. Well, we're glad you could join us on this Thursday afternoon for us. It's a lovely day here, isn't it? Is. It is, and we're sober this week, John, which is fantastic for everyone. Maybe it isn't. <laughs> <laughs> Could be. See how this one turns out. Um, who are you? Who? Who are you? Who? Oh, no, no, you're not who. Uh-huh. No, who are you? John Lee. Hi, John Lee. And you're... Matt Allen. Oh, well, Great to be here for episode 175 nice of the Reverse Stick, <laughs> the Global Hockey Podcast. We've got lots to go. Oh, we've got a lot to get through and not a lot of time to do it, John. won't be as lengthy a show as, um, as last week's. Um, Matt Mountain is that the only pen we've got? No, but it is a sort of Merry Christmas. Well, it is because next week's show will be the A to Z of hockey, so we won't be talking about news and views and whatever else is going on in the world. It'll be purely A to Z of hockey. We might say Merry Christmas somewhere in there yeah. at, at some point, but that will be coming out on Christmas Day if you remember it. Yeah, I'll remember. It'll be all good. Yeah. What have we got for news this week? Uh, not too much hockey going on, has there? No, well, we had the uh, the Cups take oh. place uh, in Spain, the club competitions, last last weekend. Didn't we, John? Yes. Have you got the results in front of you? No, you no? do. No, it's a good job. I'm pulling them up on the... Um, uh, I'm just a EH- passenger here. EHLHockey.tv right. website. Now, I'm looking. The first picture I see is the famous blue and white stripes of Club Igarra. Um, they got their 18th Copa del Rey title with a 3-2 win over Club de Campo in Valencia. Uh, 61st minute goal deciding it. Um, game for the goalkeepers as well by all accounts. Uh, who got the winning goal, John? Can't see it on there. Um, Campos Enrique Gonzalez de Castellón was named player of the tournament while Kiko Cortes got best goalkeeper. Jose Bastera, Club de Campo, and Pau K. Marta were joint top goal scorers. I think uh, Pau might be missing out on the queue on the A to Z of hockey. He is on there, and the, he might come third. He might get third place. Oh, well, that's where you want to finish. Some, something worth celebrating, isn't it? Isn't yeah. it? Um, on the women's side of things, Junior FC are the Copa del Reina Iberdrola hockey champions. Um, They've won it for the second time in their history, and they had a 2-1 win over Club de Campo, ending the Madrid club's reign. So a new winner's there. Gigi Oliver was named player of the tournament, John. Uh, rightly so. Berta Sarahima, the player of the final, and Mariona Sarahima was top goal scorer. Mariona Girabent from Club Agarra earned the best goalkeeper award. Oh, great stuff. That's our friend who came and played at Freo. Yeah. Good honour. You know where she, I mean, obviously that time at Fremantle has just uh, have pushed her career forward. Absolutely. Well, it, like it has done with yours and mine, John. Mm. <laughs> mm. <laughs> um, and, of course, the big game here in Perth, Western Australia, yesterday, was yes. the annual Bionic Cup. 
the hip replacement versus the knee replacement. It was a 2-1 win for the hips after a 0-0 half-time score. Uh, fifth year of the competition. Uh, there is uh, a comment here from Bob Bowyer, friend of the show. And we had Bob on last year, didn't we, prior, we did. prior to the games. Um, stated his delight on the event, saying, I think this event is absolutely terrific, but we still need to get the message through. Many orthopaedic surgeons still don't recommend hip or knee replacement surgeries, and the message of this game is to show that we can go out there and still live our life and enjoy sport without being hindered. Uh, we are going to make sure that that is live-streamed next year. We're a little bit late to the party on trying to get it done this year, but I think... Uh, We'll be doing something with World Masters Hockey and the Western Masters and, yeah. and um, definitely get, be, be able to get your eyeballs on that. Just great promotion for our sport for life. Who do you reckon you'll end up playing for? Me? Yeah. Uh, knees. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm wavering at the moment. I could be either side. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, maybe umpire. If you've had both done. Right, is that for people who've had their brain replaced? Is it? No, come on. Well, Keely will be right. She's had the two knees done. Yeah. So we'll maybe fly we'll Keely over for it. it. Yeah. Any more news? Uh, I've got to depart that comment very quickly. We've got, we've, got lot, we've got lots of stuff to get through, but I wouldn't necessarily class it as news, John. Unless yeah. you tell me in 10 minutes' time, why didn't you say that in news? Okay. I've got a list. It's just not very ordered. You're listening to The Reverse Stick, the global hockey podcast. Uh, what, Putting a line through the list, that one. As you normally do. Yeah, I do. Um, news out of India, a Dian Chand biopic is in the making. Biopic. Biopic. Bionic. Biopic. There's only one letter difference. They're obviously going to sound the same. Okay. Myopic. It's That's you. It's supposed to be a hyphen. It's a biographical picture. So there's a hot biopic. Tomatoes, tomatoes. You're usually gung-ho on all of that sort of stuff, mate. I thought you'd have been right across Good to that. see something being... Biopic. But the only, the only, my only Sounds issue... Sounds like Olympism <laughs> being biopic. Biopic, bionic, myopic. It's, come on. Um, so that's good to see, isn't it, John? Uh, it will be when it's released. Now, well, we might as well just... Because we haven't got a lot of time today. I think it's, it's probably a, um, a good opportunity for us to pull out an old classic. Oh, uh, no, what? 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 Now, it has been a while, John, since we've had anybody write in with a a quandary or a query on the game of hockey. And um, fortunately, there is someone's doorbell going off. I think that might have been my phone. Or was it your phone? No, it would be your phone. Yep, it's your phone. Oh, it's my phone. Um, oh, now this later. this uh, well, is actually a letter received, John, to my a home letter. to my home address oh my from uh, somebody called Al Al Focky Al Focky Al Focky <laughs> Al Focky. Thank you, Al, for writing in it. Her question is just getting better. My northern based club has asked if I'd coach the annual Pole Cup Inter Club exhibition game. I've been given the above roster and been told that our goalkeeper will be a rather rotund, bearded fellow who only has red pads and a red jersey. Where should I position all of these players? Now, I do have the list here, John. And we've got ten names. And uh, should we go through them first and then you, you tell me where you think you'd, you'd play them? So okay. we've, got, we've got the name of um, the participant, the personality trait, and their skill. Okay? So we'll start off with Dasher. He loves to go fast, and the skill is sewing. Dancer or dancer, completely extroverted. All kinds of dance is the skill. Prancer, a bit vain, though affectionate. The skill is obviously prancing. Prancer, pram, pram, 
prancing. Vixen, slightly tricky, but the skill is magic. Comet, handsome and easygoing. I think this is a mixed hockey side anyway. We'll just we'll clarify that. Although, if you do look into it, um, all of Santa's reindeers are probably all female because the males lose their antlers in, in winter and, um, and struggle a little bit physically. So to be carrying around the sleigh and taking those um, gifts all around the world, I think it's probably more a women's job. And that's been, you know, so been kind so of, it's been glossed over by the patriarchy for, for, for many, many years. Um, Comet, <laughs> Hand- sorry, Cupid, affectionate, and the skill is bringing people together. Donna, loud, singing. Blitzen, fast as a bolt, can electrify others. Rudolph, a little down on himself, nose glows. And Olive, did you know there was an Olive? Olive admits when she's wrong, good at hide and go seek. I mean, she's probably more suited to the Hockey Australia board than um, getting into this side, well, Olive is. But... I'd, I'd sack them all because they're not prepared to uh, commit beyond one day a year, are they? <laughs> it was probably two days because, you know. But... Yeah, that's still. Unless you're prepared to commit. I mean, they'd be terrible in the pro league. All right, so Dan Dasher loves to go fast. I'm going to I'm putting down my positions here. Forward line. Come on, come on, John. You mean, because we do your short show, you've decided to fill it up with this show. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Santa's in goal. Santa's in goal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so Dasher loves to go fast. Good, oh, well, good at sewing. Bit of, a, bit of a wing there. Wing? Okay, what, left wing, right wing? Not just wing. Wingers should be interchangeable. All right, so we've got Dasher on one of the wings. Uh, Prancer, a bit vain, though affectionate. Uh, um, inside forward. Inside forward, dash it there. Uh, Vixen, slightly tricky. Uh, oh, centre half. Centre half, okay. Comet, handsome, handsome and easy going. Centre forward. Comet, centre forward. Cupid, affectionate. Um, it's not going to be a defender, is it? No, definitely not. Affectionate. Uh, Waterboy. Got, we've only got a certain number of players to make up. Oh, left wing then. Left wing, okay. Okay, so that's Cupid out on the wing. Donna, loud. Oh, fullback. Fullback, yeah. Blitzen, fast as a bolt. Uh, oh, in the midfield, I'd reckon. Half, right half, maybe? Yeah, right half, yeah. right half. Okay, Blitzen at right half. Rudolph, a little down on himself. Um, oh, you don't really want that anywhere, do you? It's going to have to be left half or, or the other fullback. So Rudolph, a little down on himself, or Olive admits when she's wrong. Well, fullbacks aren't going to do that, so so yeah. Olive's going to have to go to left half yeah. and Rudolph in at, in at fullback. Okay. Oh, who was who was the left half? Uh, no, left half's Olive. Right half is Blitzen. Well, uh, a fast as a bolt. Olive's what? What's their trade? Uh, Olive admits when she's wrong. Oh, it's not an umpire then. No, absolutely no. not. No. Um, or, this, or, or is, this is a special give it to Keely episode of Alter <laughs> So there we go, there's your lineup. Um, um, Al Focky, thanks for getting in touch. Uh, we've got Santa in goal, Donner and Rudolph at the back, uh, Blitz and right half, Olive left half, Vixen in at centre half. Um, oh, that's, that doesn't seem right. One, two, three, four, five. I missed out one of the inside forwards. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Who was it? Dasher. Comets at centre forward, Cupid and Dasher on the wings. I've got Dasher in twice as well. What's going on there? You're not very good at administration. That's what it says. One, two, I'm three, shocked. four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Well, there you go. Work it out the rest of it, you know, yourself. I'm sure you got the gist of it. Just listen back, Al Focky. Thanks for getting in touch. Ah, that's five minutes you'll never get back, folks. This is the Reverse Tick <laughs> Global Hockey Podcast. No, I did just mention Hockey Australia there. I, did, I was looking at their board um, makeup earlier on, and 
there's a there's a picture in a bio for most of the people on the board except for one one guy on there. I won't say his, well, no, I won't say his name. Um, so, so I looked up his profile, and he's the former CEO who was sacked last year because of declining uh, income for a, a company here called the Reject Shop. <laughs> It's not a good look, is it? It's apt, isn't it? Ouch. But um, good to see some positive selection stories coming out of Hockey Australia this week. And what I mean by that is something that Simon Orchard has called for in some articles, that this should be a great time for celebrating the inclusion of new players into the squad. But it's all been a little bit quiet because of things going on there. But there are some things starting to come out this week. So good to see the joy on some people's faces and, and the positivity around getting into yeah. hockey in 2021. It's a shame that all the issues had to be brought about by the situation that occurred. It, yeah. shouldn't, have, it shouldn't have had to got that. should never have got there. And um, I think at the end of the day, when the Australian team comes back from the Olympics and they're judged as they will be, being the hockey side immensely harshly, shouldn't judge the players. This, this one's going to be all on the officials and the administration, and even, to a certain extent, the coaching staff. They're carrying the can for success or failure now. Yep, absolutely. Now, I did mention last week, John, that uh, we're getting our best success with reposting other people's um, tweets and content. content yeah. um, well, we've, like any good news organisation. We've, yeah. we've rivaled, I think, uh, even the, the double-ended stick from April Fool's Day earlier uh, on in the year um, with what have we got? 73 retweets, 136 wow. likes. For the, blowing the world up for posting the most uh, upsetting but beautifully written uh, article from Lily Brazil, former hockey roo. It's a piece called Upstream. You can find it on our social media links on, well, certainly on Facebook and on Twitter at the Reverse Stick. Go and have a read of it. It is quite a long read, but you won't be able to put it down. It's very compelling um, and quite damning on on how we approach individual athlete welfare um, and just in general the the aims and the goals and the processes from the high performance environment certainly here in the women's program in Australia yeah definitely so do go and have um, a have a read of yeah, that yep yeah, I would encourage everybody who's got something to do with the game to have a read of it it doesn't matter whether you're a high-performance type person or, or not, I think. But, but I urge, I urge the bloody Hockey Australia board to um, to go and have a read of it. Now, tomorrow, I think, is the due date for the end of the internal inquiry. A lot of people calling for maybe somebody from, from outside of the tight-knit Australian sporting community to get in and, and mediate and have a proper independent look at things. It's always good to read um, George Baisley's tweets of late, the former <laughs> Kookaburra uh, goalkeeper. Uh, what's he got out here today? Uh, thread, Hockey Australia dragged, kicking and screaming to hold an inquiry they thought they could stonewall. Athletes continue to express concern about Hockey Australia's perversion of due process while the board have demonstrated an unwillingness to act. Intervention is desperately needed. It's now undeniable that Hockey Australia have brought the sport into disrepute. Neither, uh, neither Hockey Australia nor the board can get their story straight. Vague, inaccurate and regrettably dismissive. They attack the whistleblowers. Hockey Australia attack and attempt to silence and discredit those highlighting the problem. What does this tell you about their modus operandi? The question I ask is why continue with the nothing to see here, head in the sand approach? The eyes of the sporting world are watching. The ire of the government has been raised. It's causing irreparable damage to the sport. 
Self-preservation is not a good enough excuse. I count 12 to 15 girls that have left prematurely over the last three to four years. Many have cited mental health and failures of the programme as their reason. Combine that with, with recounts from ex-staff and assistant coaches as well as experiences shared by former players and you've got a mountain of claims against the programme that suggests things are deeply broken. I did have a look at the, the stats on churn over the past three years and the past four years and if there's any difference between Kookaburras and, and Hockey Roos and there's not. It's a couple of players difference. There's a couple less players on both the, the men's programme if you look at it from 2017 or from 2016 including the, the Rio Olympics year within there. So... And a lot of those players that are currently um, ex-players that are currently being very vocal, like Anna Flanagan and um, Matilda Carmichael and Georgie Parker, um, they all finished in, in 2016. It was Rio and that was it. They, they didn't go through into the programme in 2017. So they'll have had plenty of time to reflect on it. Um, yeah. I think it's interesting George mentions there the idea of uh, now you've got the ire of government. And in many ways, these issues are because of the government's attitude towards sport. I mean, we're not just talking about this being a couple of personalities within a system have disrupted everything, although that there is some truth to that. But the whole system and the way it's driven, the whole one sport scenario, the winning edge program that's been brought up a few times in this whole conversation. Only two years to go on it, don't worry yeah, about and it. And it's, it, it's, it's the government who are driving... The, the win-at-all-costs attitude that, that's going on here. Yeah, well, the way that it's justified to take the yeah. public purse to put into sport, it's all about these national happiness indexes and it's important for a nation to have sporting success, to be comfortable about who they are and, and have pride in their nation and that makes a difference to the economy on the bottom line and all, you know, all of these sort of things. But that's it. It's total politicisation of sport. Yeah. And, um, and what is sport? Sport is to disport, to take yourself away. The AIS was founded on the basis of political groundswell and politicians going, we've got to have something to do with this. Australian community was going, oh, we did so poorly at Montreal, isn't this terrible? And politicians used it as political capital to set this whole system up. Now, that that's not saying it's right or wrong. That's just what it is. And... There's got to be major changes to the fundamental way this system works and the way that we're going to move forward with sponsoring or su- supporting sport in this country because it's, it, it's not the way sport should be. No. And there's, lot, there's lots of things wrong with it. Jeez, I'm having so many different conversations with people. Well, I'm having conversations with people going, well... What's uh, what's happened to the the membership fees that I've paid last year? And did did people pay membership fees to Hockey Australia and not play? Were they refunded? Um, other people saying, you know, why are we con- continuously bringing sixteen, seventeen, eighteen year old girls across the country to be part of a centralised program when they don't have the mental maturity to do it? It's a big move leaving home at, at those sort of ages. Why aren't they kept in junior development programs until they're let's say eighteen or it's an it's an under twenty one. It doesn't happen so much in the men's competition. They're generally twenty twenty one before they're they're breaking through. You don't get a lot of the youngsters come through there unless they're of a really yes, high quality. Yes, yeah, 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 yeah. And it's amazing how often um, on in the men's program they've been right with a lot of these guys who perhaps you think, oh, it's a bit young, but they generally get those picks right. And those guys play a lot of hockey for, for yeah, Australia. Yeah, yeah. I went to school with a kid that walked straight into the Australian team when he was 18. Yeah. And, you know, a lot of players have to wait 
on the men's side of things to get to that level. But he was ready. He was good to go. There was no development needed to, to take him up there. He could develop as a player, obviously, because you do all that work and rah-rah. But he was ready and raring to go. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's going to play. It's going to continue on. There'll be a close down next week for, you know, with Christmas upcoming. We won't hear anything until, be until the new year. The next set of financials from Hockey Australia. That will be terrible. Extremely interesting, considering that we have paid all these fees this year. Everybody. And what have their expenses been? Well, they shut down the office pretty much, haven't they? Although I do believe that the, the head of Hockey One has been working three days a week. I'm not sure what he does three days a week because they cancelled <laughs> Hockey One. But anyway. Oh, um, hey, I did get a good snippet from somebody the other day to say that when uh, the high performance director landed in, in Perth um, from Victoria, I believe, but I'm not, not entirely sure, um, they were um, basically locked in an office at the end of the corridor because they didn't, uh, the, the local hockey Western Australia staff didn't want to be mingling with somebody who may, may be a, a COVID <laughs> threat, threat, and uh, that person might not be speaking to anyone there now. Okay. There's, there's a few com- communication breakdowns going on there at the moment, not least between the staff and the new president, and because the uh, the CEO he's just resigned. Yeah, yeah. it's interesting. I also heard a whisper of the the women's psych from the, the hockey ruse has also stepped away from the program. And from what I read, a lot of the players didn't want to go and speak to them anyway. That's one of the things I think that was mentioned in Lily's article. Now, that Lily's article is also. The headline article in the very latest uh, Hockey World News, which is out, I think, a little bit later today. Uh, that's got articles from Orch, goes quite in-depth about the current situation. That's definitely worth a read. Um, Keely's got a piece from FH Umpires. Um, uh, Izzy Gardner from the, um, the UK talking about the state. Yep. state versus, there's an article on that. Morrison's got an article in there. Is he? And uh, Harpreet. Lamber has uh, got an interview and an Excellent. article on Indian hockey with regard to um, talk, talking to Graham Reid. What's the so, beige one got? Lots on. So. Uh, it's the from his blog post, the the pro the pros thing. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, good. Have you seen him? Uh, not since last week. Oh, we've got to get get the lino out, mate. <laughs> Get <laughs> Just other, other spruiking while I'm on it. New Hockey the Mag from Tyron in South Africa. That's out very soon. Looking flash. Uh, some good podcasts coming from Left Field Thinking. Uh, the most recent one I think has come out this morning is with Yannicka Shopman. Dave Passmore was on the, the previous one and they've got Rick Charlesworth coming up as well. New edition of um, Tom Craig, the, the help side. That's out today. That's with Jamie Dwyer. Yep. Um, so some big names out and about. And, of course, Hockey the Pod, episode two from the FIH is out. That's, uh, you can only get that one on Spotify, so it doesn't come directly through to my player. I haven't been on Spotify. I haven't had a chance to listen to it yet. But it's that, got our Tammy in it. That, well, that features very good friend of the show, Tammy Stanley, FIH official, and is, uh, in inverted commas, co-hosted by Olivia Merry, the uh, goal-scoring machine from New Zealand. Yeah. Alongside uh, Rich and Sarah, the the hosts. So get your ears around that if you're on Spotify. Oh yeah. But uh, seriously, guys, make it available in other places. Can we do a bit of rumor mongering now? Yeah, sure. Rumor mongering 101. Are you going to be an upcoming co-host on there? <laughs> well, I'll I noticed you're not. I noticed yes. you're not. You're not featured in Hockey World News. Does that mean you've been dropped? 
It must be. Huh? I've, I've been dropped. I haven't got anything to say, as it turns out. No readers on that last one. They probably read all no. the other articles and thought, well, no, we'll skip the, oh, da- well, skip the danger. They've, they've had article. enough time to know that they can skip that one. Yeah. Um, no, rumour rumor of the week. Mm-hmm. Interesting, you mean, mentioned Rick there. Yeah? Well. Ah, uh, right, yeah, okay. Could, could, I just said, well, go, well, yeah, someone, go, well, here's someone the thing, right? it out there. So I've heard, to, with regard to this hockey, the Hockey Australia situation, now bearing in mind that there, is, um, there are legal proceedings taking place at the moment, and uh, I know that Georgie Morgan and Rachel Lynch are pursuing their appeal options. You know, you, you got, you've got to appeal within 72 hours to the CEO um, if you, you haven't made selection. Yeah, so there's a quite an interesting. Read. You can go, you can go and read the selection process on the Hockey Australia website, but there's plenty of wriggle room in there. Yeah, well, of course, as we'd be aware that there's lots of conjecture about going on about who's going to end up carrying the can. Well, that's it. So, so the one side is we've heard that up to half a dozen players are just going to get sacked. <laughs> um, to the flip on the other side that the CEO is going, the CEO and the high performance director is going, just the coach is going, or three are going. Pick any combination the, the, yeah, the, there's the, a rumor the, that you want. It's there. Um, but one, one that's creeping in is uh, Rick making a comeback to the coaching, the Olympic coaching. Oh, right. So is, is it, no, but this is a rumor that you've made. No. Yes, no, it is. No, it's, <laughs> it's, not. It's, it's a rumor that I've here's heard. The start of the, here's the start of the rumor. Paul Godoyne is going to get sacked. And Rick Charlesworth is going to step in at the last minute to help out, take the hockey ruse to the Olympic Games and win gold. Is that, was that your, um, yeah, that's, that was your that, rumour? No, it wasn't my rumour. It was a scenario that was suggested to You me. suggested it? No, I suggested they go to the Olympics and come eighth. Right. <laughs> and the other person who started the rumour suggested the, that they would win gold. <laughs> so that's my rumour. You got a rumour? I got lots of rumours. <laughs> we could call ourselves the the rumour stick. Oh, maybe that's one for next year, a, a spin-off. A sp- yeah, that'd be. In fact, we'd give this up because we'd be doing that two hours away. Well, you know what? I would like to give up, John. What? Working for a living, and you know how that can happen? By people giving us money. Yes, John. <laughs> Um, specifically on Patreon, and, uh, well, we've got a big announcement. We've got a new Patreon subscriber. Oh, brilliant. Um, he doesn't use his real name on social media, though, and, or on Patreon. So, we, so, so we've found a bot that's got money. So let's just go, um, hang on. Oh, sorry, sorry for that. That was a bit louder than I was expecting. Uh, new Patreon alert, the Gebs Dojo. It's about quarter past 12, Matt. Thanks, thanks so much for getting on and supporting our hockey podcast endeavours. You can too by heading to patreon.com forward slash the reverse stick. If it's a bit too much commitment to go in as a Patreon subscriber and get all of that wonderful bonus content, extra episodes, it was a big one last week, uh, you can just go to buymeacoffee.com forward slash the reverse stick and buy us a, a beer, not a coffee. Just pretend it's a coffee, but we'll, we'll spend it on beer. I have tea as well. I like tea. Oh, you do like tea as well, I don't, don't you? Coffee, I drink tea. Yeah, but I get the money into my PayPal account, and uh, I'm only buying you beer. I'm not buying you bloody tea bags. Okay. I'll live with that. <laughs> but I'll cope. You are listening to the Reverse Stick, the global hockey podcast. What have we got next? Uh, what else? Uh, Black Stick squads have um, been announced uh, going into next year. Um Olivia Mary and Stacey Mickelson are both in there to 
absolute guns. A couple of uncapped players into there as well. And Kayla Whitelock looking for her fifth Olympic Games, 35-year-old. Uh, so what a... What a feat that would be to be able to make it through to that. We've had announcements on, let me find them here, John, on the Indoor World Cups uh, for 2023. Uh, Gladback in Germany. You, know, you can't really go and have them anywhere but Germany, can you? You know, it seems to be get, the centre of the indoor world, doesn't the, it? Yeah, they, 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 they get the, uh, the crowds. Um, Malaysian Hockey League up and running soon, but without... The star, certainly UniKL, are going with a home-based um, okay. uh, squad rotation. I'm actually putting some of this off fieldhockey.com. I didn't notice as well. In Karachi, we've got 800 young boys and girls turning up for a 14-day winter hockey coaching camp. There ain't a lot of social distancing happening there, so good luck with that one. Uh, what else, John? What else? Uh, now, of course, John. The Nations Cup. The bidding process is open for the Nations Cup. What's the Nations Cup, John? That's a good question, Matt. It's, oh, it's Pro, League Pro League 2. two. Yeah. Why don't no, you... Pro, it's League 2 Pro League. Because it's not Pro League 2 when you think about because we're, we're halfway we're, through, through Pro, Pro League, League two. 2. Right, yes. Yeah. So what do we... So that's why they've had to call it the Nation's Cup. Yeah, but I mean, it's not Pro It's two. not exactly in a, an original name, but it's like... Have some confidence in your, the in Pro League as a brand and uh, use the Pro League branding for... Pro, for um, Nations Cup, because that's what it is. It's Pro League 2. The aim, this is from the FIH website, the aim of this new yearly event is to offer a top-level competition to the best-ranked teams not participating in the FIH Hockey Pro League and give the winners the option to be promoted to the FIH Hockey Pro League the next season. Precisely. I don't know what... I don't know, precisely. For men as well as for women. Eight teams will be involved in the FIH Nations Cup based on the FIH World Rankings of the 31st of May 2021. FIH Nations Cup also marks the start of the promotion relegation principle for the FIH Hockey Pro League. Indeed, both FIH Nations Cup winners will have the chance to be promoted to the chance to be promoted uh. to the 2023-24 Pro League, provided they meet the necessary requirements for it. Right, they and can no afford doubt, to pay for their players to travel the globe globally for six months of the year. That's essentially what that is. Yeah, well, you might see this as they'll a claim it's oh, if they've got the turf or they've got the facilities or they come up for the. Scratch for TV coverage, but the real reason is you've got to be able to afford to be in it. Well, the bidding dossier has been sent to 10 instead of 8 national associations per gender. As follows, men, Canada, Malaysia, France, Ireland, South Africa, Japan, Korea, Pakistan, Austria and Egypt. I wouldn't think Ireland going to be touching that at the moment with their current financial woes from hosting competitions. And the women, Spain, Ireland, India, Korea, Japan, Canada, South Africa, Italy, Chile and Russia. Thierry Vale says the FIH Nations Cup is a welcome addition to our events portfolio. It will enable to apply the promotion relegation principle to the FIH Hockey Pro League, like for most other leagues. This will generate even more excitement to the competition. It will also give other nations who haven't yet had the opportunity to join the Pro League to do so. And this is only fair. And it will help hockey grow in further countries. It is only fair, Thierry. So why did some countries miss out in the first place? Well, how is it fair, Thierry? You're talking about holding a tournament, aren't you? It's a cup, yes. A tournament. Well, you'd think a cup would be well, a tournament. They're, they're it's not hosting. a league. Yeah, yeah. It's not a league. No, because you'd call it a so league, wouldn't you? So how is that fair? Oh, so that's why we can't call it Pro League 2, because it's, it's not, not, it's not going to be a league. So it's going to be a tournament. It's going to be a tournament, isn't it? It's not a league. A cup competition. Cup. Yeah. So you're not, you're not going to be... You, so you're, yeah. not, you're, well, you're not... It's not eggs versus eggs, is it? It's Well, no. 
It's a cup to get into a league. Yeah. Lucky dip. Like, I, I look, let's face it. But it's like, but it's like saying that the winners of the FA then? Cup football in England win the FA Cup and then get promoted to the Premier League. Yeah. 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 Oh. Um, what's that first line? The International Hockey Federation has launched the bidding process for hosting the FIH Nations Cup, which will be played in 2022 for the very first time. What's the second line? The aim of this new yearly event is to offer a top-level competition. to the, You should just listen back uh, to the best-ranked teams not participating. How many, how many um, new competitions have we seen launched for the first time since we've been doing oh, this podcast? Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. We've seen at least three different iterations of this pretend to pretend second tier of world hockey or something that keeps perpetuating this endless cycle of international hockey. Yeah. It's just getting beyond a joke. We need to get serious about our sport, create windows for international hockey, have periods of time set aside solely for leagues to play, to Local, generate locally. Local, generate interest locally, and that grows into interest in the international side of things. You're never going to generate interest in clubs through running international competitions. It doesn't work that way around. No, and look... Look at all the successful but, 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 but sports. We know. Don't follow the FIH model. They no. do not follow that model because it doesn't work. We know where the strength of our game is, and it's at grassroots level. It's through that. It's just crazy. The, the huge base of uh, players that play week in, week out in their local league competitions. And then you would not have associations getting so caught up in this four-year cycle funding cycle that goes on with the Olympic Games, you can do away with all of these full-time, high-performance stuff that's going on. National associations can actually start looking at making money because they're not always spending it having developed players. The players are being developed through the club system and you're just putting a bit of spit and polish on them at the end. Uh, it just, I don't know. It's, it's been a long-time theory of ours anyway. People are probably bored with hearing it. Well, um probably a good time for this. This is just a very quick one from the 1977 Australian Championships program. Thanks to Jeff for sending these through, scanning them and sending them through. It's part of a, a longer piece, but it's under the heading here of finance. The main obstacle to maintaining hockey's high standing appears to be financial. Funds are needed to play in overseas competitions. Funds are needed in Australia to help coaching programs. And funds are necessary to help with administration costs. Probably finance will have a very large bearing on Australia's results at Moscow. Little did they know. The the Olympic team almost missed out on its pre-Olympic tour last year due to lack of money. The tour provided team members with much-needed experience on artificial turf pitches. These financial problems could mean the difference between staying at the pinnacle and losing ground. International hockey matches will be played increasingly on synthetic surfaces. These surfaces at Montreal were a huge success and similar pitches will be used for Moscow. Australia needs more experience with them. Certainly one and if two, and if possible, two artificial turf pitches are needed here to maintain our international standing. So I'm assuming that we're talking about in Western Australia at the time there. A national coaching... No, we had one. Right, so a second. Oh, no, we got one in 79. Yeah, that's right, and the Sander. So just before Moscow, we got one. A national coaching program is vital too. A country's strength at the top depends very much on having a strong base to draw from. A national coaching program would have long-term beneficial effect on Australian hockey. Once again, this requires funds to support. 
once we are in a position of financial stability, we can look forward with confidence to the future of Australian hockey. Well, I'll let, yeah. you, po- let you ponder that for just a moment, folks. Yeah. And we'll stay on the, uh, the matter of finance. Well, I, I was wondering, Matt, we haven't heard anything about the FIH financials, have we? Who hasn't? Well, you know, the... The ones we've been, we've been requesting to see for, well, uh, Others as well. I mean, yeah, people yeah, have yeah. been asking for a long time. You mean the, the ones that were, um, released, uh, in July 2020 this year? Yeah, just a few. Oh, no, sorry. That's a lie. They weren't released at all, were they? No. They were presented from Ernst and Young to the FIH executive board, um, in Lausanne on the 24th of July 2020. Oh, okay. Um, so. Well, you still haven't heard anything. Have yeah, you, you just go to the FIH website, John, and. I've got it just up here. Oh, yeah, here's it. Uh, our official documents, audited accounts. Yeah. So you go down onto there and we... Oh, no. No, 27.18 is the last one that's available on there. Oh, so the 27.19 accounts are not... 18, 18, 18, 19 18, 18. are not available. Oh. Wow. Oh, what's that in front of you on the screen, John? Um, that, that looks very much like the, uh, the accounts year ended 31st of December 2019. Oh, so, it is. So you do have a copy. Oh, Oh, wow, I do. Oh, I wonder who sent me that. Who? I think that's exactly who. Who? Who? Hmm. Well, and... <laughs> okay. That's who it was. We've set that up, but we have actually got a little bit of commentary on it. Not from us. You know, we basically have got no idea how to read a balance sheet with um, any effect. Um, no. But a couple of people that have had to, an opportunity to, to get their eyes over it made a couple of interesting uh, points. Uh, one is related to a deferment of 1.9 million Swiss francs in pro league expenditure. Um, so at the moment, the, the bottom line says a loss of around 600,000 Swiss francs for the year. But if you put the, uh, the deferment of the, of the pro league expenditure um, into that, then the actual loss will be around 2.5 million. Um, there's also something around the debtor's position, which has gone from 4.5 million in the previous year to zero. Um, when you read, shall I go through the other accountants um, bits first? Then? Yeah, just do a bit of. Because let's face it, we don't really know. We haven't got a clue. Uh, let me just. I mean, that's got details of pro league expenditure, which is interesting. Because it was a 2019 was the first year of the pro league where it directly affected the FIH financials, although they'd spent some money the year before getting it ready. Getting things set up, yeah, yeah. and obviously you've got to pay for people to fly around uh, grounds all over the world just to check if they've got a, a, a shot clock. Yeah. yeah, that's what's got to go on. Um, so, oh, you know, what do you really make of them? Okay, so this is what the other, the other accountant has said. is uh, Zero accounts receivable doesn't know, like it's pretty rare for all your customers to have paid up to date. It looks like they wrote off some accounts receivable they had and that deferred expense is a little strange. How is it different to prepaid expense? In accounting, you have two sides to everything, so I'm wondering what the other side of deferred expense is. Cash, i.e. they've already paid for it in advance, or accounts payable, but you wouldn't normally book those both in at the same time. I don't think, um, I don't think like, did someone bill them already for something that hasn't occurred, or that they don't owe yet? Yeah, interesting. Uh, overall loss has almost doubled from last year. An operating loss of 700k versus profit of 236 in the previous year, which seems to be majority due to pro league loss. And so the comment you made on it before, John, is this is just the FIH loss on pro league, not national associations. No, it's um, not. It's loss not all on, those. Their their resultant 
losses because they would have suffered losses. I mean, certainly in here in Australia they wouldn't because they got nowhere near their budgeted crowds for a start. No. Um, so there were, the true cost of the Pro League's hard to determine just from the FIH figures. And look, let's face it, we said when the Pro League started, it's going to make a loss. And I think that at the bottom of these financials, they do make some uh, statements. There's, I mean, there's a big jump. Regarding o- o- officials' that. expenses have gone up from five hundred, have gone up from seventy four thousand to five hundred and three thousand, which is a big jump. But then again, you're flying officials all over the globe suddenly, aren't you? They're not just all no, flying to a city for two weeks and then flying. No, no, no. But there. this wasn't this wasn't pro league. This is this is the. Hang on. Yeah, but that doesn't mean that those officials' expenses aren't being sucked up into that part of the budget and not being included. Oh, you, because this is just an overview. We're not getting the the forensic look at the books. So well, look, they, 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 they haven't been released. Out. They haven't been released by the FIH. If you want to get your hands on a copy before they do get released, just send me an email to matt at the reverse stick dot net, um, and I'll and I'll send you a send you a copy through. Um, yeah, just, I'm not I'm not upset by the fact that the F, uh, that, that they lost money on the pro league. I think that's to be expected. And you know, I think any serious sports administrator that thought they'd be making money out of that in the first five years should give up their job now. Yeah, but they don't, but they don't, going to cost them money. But they don't have the cash reserves there in the, well, that, in, in, that, in the first place. Yeah, that, that's irrelevant to the idea that if you launch this program, it, you're going to, at some time in a year or two years, turn a profit. You're not. It's going to be a long churn. It's going to be a long burn before you actually start making money back on it. You've got to be prepared to throw money at it. So notes to the financial statements for the year ended, 31st December 2019. This comes at the bottom of the report. Other information. Engagement for more than one year. Leasing. Swiss francs, 49,811. Down uh, sort of about around 20,000 from 2018. Office rent, 200,000 Swiss francs was waived by the foundation in 2019. And of course the deal was done that the Hockey Foundation, Sur Le Gazon, um, now own the office building and rent out. So can't wait to see the Hockey Foundation's financials when they come out because they're going to have a 200,000 hole in them, aren't they? Well, so let me get this right. In 2018, they paid the foundation or the then owner of the building 68,000 Swiss francs. 2019, they, they paid 49,000 Swiss francs. So... Why was it 200,000 was waived by the foundation in 2019? That's leasing and rent, two different, two different, um, figures there on it. Okay, so. Look, we'll go down a little bit further. Cash flow and subsequent <laughs> events. FIH has made some important investments in 2019 to grow hockey globally and raise its awareness. The FIH Pro League's the first. Go back. No, go. So when, were they leasing the building or renting the building? Well, it might be a, um, there may be a uh, ground rent, possibly, or something, and then the leasing is something is something separate. I don't know how things work in Switzerland. Either, uh, yeah. This is why we're not the people to be discussing this, and we should get some um, accounting brainiacs onto it. Um, the FIH Pro League, the first of its kind global home and away league, was launched in January 2019, and is a major vehicle to drive the growth and awareness of the sport. With the investment needed to create this competition, it was not foreseen to have a positive financial result, substantial, or even a break-even in year one. Unfortunately, TV... And here we go, here's the kicker. Unfortunately, TV production costs were underestimated, (laughs) while at the same time, revenues from broadcasting deals was overestimated. This has led to the situation that the FIH shows a negative result in 2018 
and an important negative result in 2019. OK, so what we can read from that is that whoever's doing the budgeting is useless at it. But it's OK, John, because it goes on to say several structural and financial measures have been decided and taken to remediate this situation. Thanks to all measures taken, the FIH budgets for 2020 to 2022 are secured and show an important profit in 2022 following the FIH World Cups. Now, considering this document was completed and handed over in July 24th? Yeah. Almost, was that, five months ago? What? How can they possibly state that the budgets for 20 to 22 are secured? And show an important profit. Well, no, that's for 2022. It will show and show an important profit in 2022. So they've secured the budget for 2022-2022. But if when was that budget secured? Was that before the whole world stopped because there was a <laughs> virus going? So exactly what that means is and, and how it will affect the budgets for 2021 and 2022 and possibly greatly affect 20. 23 and beyond, at this stage, no one can really tell. But it's all right. The FIH have said everything will be sweet. It's going to be fine. And as long as we keep that sweet, sweet Olympic dollar coming in, we're going to be fine. Broadcasting deal, revenues for broadcasting deals were overestimated. So did did you... This is the result for 2019. Uh Did you not sign those broadcast deals before the Pro League started? Um, this is like, and you know, costs were underestimated. Now, what I thought, what I think actually happened is you thought you could get away with it for far cheaper than what it actually costs, and that's why you had to res- resort to a situation of single commentators yeah, sitting, sitting in, in Stockholm. Stockholm. <laughs> I mean, uh, yeah, anyway. Like I said, if you want to get a hold of a copy of that before it's released, do just send me an email and we'll, we'll send it to you and you can maybe have a, a good look at it. Why is it taking so long for it to come out, John? Well, consider it. What, what was, what's the delay? What's the six-month delay for? Five-and-a-half-month delay? Who knows? Before, I mean, and it's not officially released. No. But, you know, just happened to fall in our hands. Well, well the twice. great thing is twice. Twice. Yes. <laughs> From different sources. <laughs> so, you know... It's not like it's not out there and floating around, folks. Uh, it'd be nice if they just said, here you go, this is what it is, and cop whatever you cop it. Because it, it doesn't matter how long you hold out for, it'll it. only get worse. It's gone. Come on, transparency, please. You're listening to the Reverse Stick, the Global Hockey Podcast, and um, got much more, Matt? No, that's it for me, Is mate. It? That's it for our pre, oh. pre-Christmas Christmas show. We'd like to thank you all for joining us. Don't forget to uh, give it a whack. If you're out there with a stick in hand, please do rate and review. Tell your mates and help grow the TRS squad. A to Z of a hockey app, Christmas Day. From myself, John Lee, have a fantastic Christmas, everybody, and a fabulous New Year. And let's hope it all turns around in 2021 and we can get back to some hockey. Ho, 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 hockey.
What are you up to for Christmas? <laughs> Me? Nothing. Yeah. I'm having lunch with mum and dad and my daughter and Mrs. Lee. That'd be nice. Yeah. We were, uh, we're doing the... And the dog and the chickens and the t- cats. We're doing the entertaining this year. Oh, yeah. Yeah. What are you doing? Um, asking people to come into the house, offering them food and, oh, yeah. and drinks, yeah. Oh, we'll be over later. Yeah. You'll get an invite, I think. Oh, well. Yeah. Oh, good. Um, well, look, we're just, we've invited all of our proper friends. If we get some space, then, then you'll get an invite. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you need people to come and eat all the leftovers and that sort of yeah, stuff. Yeah, maybe, like, we'll start at two, call you, nice, you'll come around about five. Yeah, yeah, sounds fine. Sure. Yeah. See you then. All right. Bye. Bye.